on paper, like my personality does not fit the COO role at all. Mm. I get a lot of people that maybe reach out to me and say like, Hey, I'm hiring a COO. Can I see your PI profile or <laughs> index? And like, you don't want to hire me as a, as a COO. I'm not, I don't have like that profile for that, but because I have those transferable skills, like being a teacher, like I have the organization down, I can do certain things like that, which that really comes from. I can, I can manage stuff on a pretty high level um, because I had to be, you have to be so organized as teachers um, and things, which I always, I always tell people and I am hundred percent biased in this, but if people are looking for good employees, I think teachers make amazing, <laughs> amazing managers. Mm. Um, they're, they're great at being able to take something and problem solve through it and, and, and build out, build out stuff to be uh, basically to make it more efficient. Um, they're good at managing people. They're good at, you know, managing projects and things like that. So I think teachers, um, and there's a lot of teachers out there right now that do not like their jobs. <laughs> so, um, there's just been so many different things that they have to go through. Like COVID, I couldn't imagine being a teacher, like when COVID happened and being able to do, um, have to teach online and through zoom and stuff. I think that would have been crazy. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of teachers out there that, that don't really like their jobs right now. They're not getting paid very much money. So if you can like find a high level teacher, like that teacher that can, that they like to write their own curriculum and they weren't that like, they're not going through the book, like page one, page two, but they're, um, pretty unique in how they teach and they're really having that impact on, on their students. I think they make amazing people to bring into your, um, organization, whether it's real estate or just business in, in, in general. I think they make it a, a, like awesome, maybe not, not necessarily they're, uh, great employees mm. because they, they are, they do have some, they need some autonomy to be able to do stuff on their own and things. But if they have, if you use them as a manager, yeah. I think they do really, really incredible things. That's so funny. Hire, D1 athletes that didn't make it professionally yeah. as, your, as your salespeople and then hire your teachers as managers. There you go. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Nigerians Podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing week. Enjoyed the weekend. Today, we have a special treat for you guys. We have Brian Snyder out here, who's the COO for the Collective Genius. What's up, Brian? How are you doing, man? Man, so happy to be here, sitting here, talking to you guys. So it's been great to connect with you this week and stuff at the event. And um, yeah, man, really excited to have this conversation. So thanks a lot. Yeah, you've been a super influential person to our journey because when we came into your room this past October, we were just a bunch of boneheads sticking our chests out when we acting like we had something going on when really it was just like, hey, we need the most help out of everyone here. No, <laughs> but, it's all good, man. I was so impressed by you guys right from the start because all I could think about, man, if I was your guys' age and had the maturity and like just the know-how that you guys are doing and just the drive to do it, man, I was, I was really impressed by that. So, uh, man, you guys, you guys are a lot smarter than I was your age. We'll put it that way. Oh, we're trying our hardest, trying our best, man. <laughs> well, thank you for being so on time. Thank you for the way that you led our room and your presence overall, just providing so much value in every opportunity without like cutting people off or whatnot. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. So, um, <clears throat> no, it's been really good to connect and, and lead that way and stuff like that. It makes it pretty easy when you have a room full of um, just giving people in general. Then all I got to do is facilitate it yeah. and things like that. So it makes it pretty easy on me. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you come from like a school teacher background and that's kind of like, it's just so prevalent. It's like, it just makes so much sense well, uh, when you're just standing in the front of the room and just commanding that presence and everyone's just following your lead. And it's just like, Wow. Um, you're such a great male role model to so many people. I was like, wow, you're, you're an inspiration to me, honestly. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. That means a lot. So, um, you know, definitely as a teacher, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to help people. I just want to be able to give back. Um, I did that for a really long time. I, did, I was a teacher for 14 years. And if I would have known I'm in, I was in the position that I am now of being in real estate, helping people with businesses and things like that, I never would have mm. thought that, you know, a few years ago when I was teaching and things, but uh, it's been a crazy journey, but a good one. Um, and kind of having that teacher mindset of just wanting to be able to help students and things, I'm kind of doing the same thing right mm -hmm. now. It's just I'm kind of teaching and helping business people the same yeah. way I did with my students. So it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. It's like, where does that all stem from in terms of getting into the teaching profession and then connecting it with the whole real estate thing and then to where you are today? Like, 
how far back could you go and like run us through it? Yeah, man. Um, I went to, so originally went to college to become a, I was going to be a psychologist. That's what I started out in. I wanted, I knew I wanted to help people in some way. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, realized pretty quickly that psychology is not really what I wanted to do. I wanted to, um, put myself in a situation like to help people and stuff. And honestly, my mom was just like, why don't you be a teacher? And I was like, okay. So that was basically that kind of that. It wasn't really a big revelation for me or anything. But then once I started to get into my teaching classes and um, being around students and being able to, you know, make an impact, I really enjoyed it. Um, so yes, yeah, so I graduated college and, you know, was teacher um, or became a teacher. I was a teacher for 14 years. My goal was always to teach for about 10 years and then move in to become a principal um, just because that was a tra trajectory. If there's like a level to get to, I always want to push and get to that next level and stuff. And kind of teacher was that teacher, then principal, and then um, superintendent was kind of that path that I thought I wanted to do. Um, when I was taking my classes to or do my master's to become a, t uh, become a principal, um, I realized real quickly that like being a principal is like the worst job in the world, in my opinion. So it doesn't fit my personality at all. Basically, whatever decision you make, so like half the people like it, half the people don't. Uh, yeah. They're going to give you feedback. They're going to let you know how, how bad some of your decisions are and things like that. So that does not fit my personality at all. I like people to like me. I like to be able mm -hmm. to help people. And, um, you know, being a principal, I kind of realized how political it was and stuff as well. Um, at that time, uh, one of my really good friends, Brett Snodgrass, I just, I kind of knew him when I moved out to Indianapolis, um, got to know him like through church and, and things like that. And we would go out every now and then and have a, you know, have a drink and talk basketball and, and stuff. We kind of made a connection that way, but I was just letting him know like, Hey, I think I'm finished being a teacher. I think I've already accomplished all my goals as a teacher. I'm ready for something else. I'm not going to be a principal. Um, kind of knew that. And he was like, well, I have this real estate investing business. If you want to come, because the funny, actually, the funny thing is we all knew Brett was in real estate, but none of our friend group like knew what he did. <laughs> oh, like, that's what we just, are. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, they don't understand like what wholesaling and real estate wholesaling is or anything like that, especially, you know, it, now it's a little bit more prevalent, I think. But back then we had no idea what he was doing. Um, and we just had a conversation. He's like, Hey, I need some help with marketing. Um, we do this meetup. I think with your teacher background, it'd be good to like, just help out with the meetup and get in front and teach people about wholesaling and stuff. And I was like, well, I don't know what wholesaling is, but yeah, let's give it a try. And, and so it worked out. Uh, he, he basically is kind of funny. Uh, we were sitting there talking and talking about like, you know, salary and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, I was like, well, if you can match my teacher salary, I'll, I'll leave and, you know, um, come work for you. And which teacher salary, I think at that time was like $40,000 a year. Um, I think he tried to get me a little bit lower and I was like, <laughs> no, it's, it's there. We, we arrived on 40 and, you know, from there it, it went pretty quickly. Um, I so started off doing some marketing, running the meetup and things. And then within a couple months I took over the dispo for our organization. So I was selling all of our properties. Um, that first year in dispo, I sold 364 properties. Um, that first year and stuff. So we had a pretty big um, operation, just, you know, burning through properties and really, really doing that. But what I, what I found I really enjoyed doing was kind of taking a look of out of that 364 properties that we sold that year. Um, like some of them we make like a thousand dollars on or, you know, 2000 or even lose money on some of them and things. Um, so I really started looking at like, man, how can we make this more efficient? How can we really like dig into this, this stuff? And, and that's where I really kind of found, found the love for like operations mm -hmm. of just digging into the inefficiencies of businesses and our business and specifically and trying to figure out like, Hey, whatever we're doing, we can always do it better. Um, and just really digging into that. So I think the next year we only sold, I think I, we only sold maybe like 283 properties, but we basically doubled our profit, wow. um, just cause we focused on good deals and stuff. Um, so really enjoyed that. And, um, you know, some sold properties moved into more of that operations role. And then I eventually I took over as the CEO of that company as well. And Brett moved into the owner's box. And, um, that was a really, you know, really cool thing to be able to lead the company and, and have a good time that way. And at the same time, we've been members of CG for, I think over six years now. Mm -hmm. Um, and had the opportunity to come on to CG and start, uh, you know, doing some facilitation with a select group. And then I started facilitating the premier group as well. And, um, really liked being around that community and, and really like being able to help people and kind of reach people to a different level. Um, I realized kind of that like the real estate stuff is, is 
like I enjoy the business side of it more than I do the actual real estate. Like if I didn't have to go on another walkthrough or talk to another seller, like I would be okay with that. I'd rather work on that operation side and just help other people out. So CG was a great fit for me um, to come on and, and work with some amazing people like you guys and uh, get to help people dig into their businesses and, and figure out what they can do better and, and help them out. So um, yeah, so that's kind of, kind of my story and my journey a little bit. Um, it's uh, It's been really interesting. Like I said, you know, going from a teacher to, um, you know, the COO of, of CG, it's been pretty surreal. And I'm definitely uh, humbled when I'm able to, you know, get in the room with people like you guys and, and be able to work with them and, and build some cool relationships. Hmm. You mentioned before um, something about when you met your partner, Brett, right? Yeah. It was through like church. Yeah. So my, um, my wife knew Brett and his wife um, before I met my wife and we got married or anything. And they were um, part of an organization um, basically where, you know, a bunch of Christians would come together and they would go, it's called the great banquet. Um, basically you go through an experience, like a three day event that you go through and like, kind of like, you know, kind of get reborn a little bit or reintroduced to, to Jesus and, and um, Christ and, and, and things like that. So they, they knew each other through there and they had a pretty good strong friend group. Mm -hmm. um, so when I met my wife and we got married, like Brett and his wife and some people in that organization, they were some of the first people I met in Indianapolis. So, mm -hmm. um, and Brett's just a super great guy. So we, we, we connected right away and really just kind of, it's kind of one of those things like, ah, yeah, yeah. As we got to know each other a little bit more, it's like, ah, yeah, I think we could work together. And, yeah. um, I think it's because of that friendship, our, the, our company did pretty well together as we weren't really just a, you know, employee employer or anything like that. We had a pretty good relationship that we could trust each other. And, um, Brett put a lot of trust in me and I put a lot of trust in him as well. Um, and it, and it worked really well for us, but I think that because of that friendship and our, our background and our foundation, that's what made it work. Hmm. What were some of the feelings back then when you were towards the end, the tail end of your teaching career and then going into that conversation or just having that conversation uh, with Brett and then him, um, like how were you feeling about your career at that moment before he even offered you the, the whole company um, proposal? Yeah, I like honestly, I was just kind of searching. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. I didn't know what that was going to be. Um, and honestly, it was like, I think it was maybe when we had this conversation, I think it was like a month before school started. Like I had my classroom all set up and everything already anyway. And I was ready to go. Um, and our conversation was like, Hey, I'm like, I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to teach another year. Like I felt, I felt really bad about like, if it was in the middle of the school year, I, I could never leave. I would never want to do that to my students or anything. So our conversations were like, Hey, we got to make this decision now, or it's going to be, have to be in a year. Mm, um, cause I'm okay. not going to leave, you know, in the middle of the school year or anything. But, um, it was, surprisingly it was a pretty easy decision um to guide because i knew i wanted to do something else i didn't know what that was um so it kind of took a leap of faith of getting into real estate and um it, it worked out really really well mm -hmm. and i know same thing brett took a leap of faith in me as well as kind of bringing me onto his team because he has a he has an amazing culture and um you know i was kind of the new person that didn't know real estate at all and had to had to learn it pretty quickly but um no i think because of the leap of faith that we both took it it really worked out for both of us mm -hmm. What did that conversation look like with your wife? Um, my wife is like one of the most supportive, supportive people of me. Um, I'm so appreciative of her um, for that and stuff. It's kind of funny as we, anytime, a lot of times when I travel, um, she always puts maybe like a little note in my, in my bag or something like that. Or she gives me a birthday card on my birthday or anything like that. One of the things she always puts on there is like your biggest fan. Mm. Um, and I, I, like, I love that about her and I, I, she's very genuine about that as well. So when it came to this conversation, of, Hey, leaving teaching to go into real estate and kind of take this risk a little bit. She was very supportive and like, yeah, let's go ahead. And if it's, if it makes you happy, go ahead and do it. And, um, so I'm really appreciative of her for that. Um, and yeah, so it worked out pretty well. And honestly too, it's one of those things of like when you're only making $40,000 a year, it's kind of like, yeah, maybe you should get another job. <laughs> I don't know if that was going to do that. Um, yeah, she was, uh, yeah. So she, I mean, she, she did a great job with it and very supportive with it and, um, still continues to support me in things. Cause we'd had that decision last time as well. Like, Hey, do we, cause if you look at my life last year, I was facilitating CG, um, facilitating collective genius at select and premier. I was doing, um, business implementation or operating system implementations for Gary Harper. Um, and I was running, um, simple wholesaling stuff. So I had a lot of things on my plate and I was doing a lot of things and, um, you know, I was making some pretty good money, um, doing all, all those things together and stuff, but coming on to CG <clears throat> really is, um, through that conversation and stuff like with Jason and what I was going to do, like I took, I took a pay cut cause I had to give up like doing implementations with Sharper and gave up what I was doing with simple and stuff like that 
to take this position, but same thing too. She was very supportive of that because it's what drives me. It's what I want to do. And it's not about, we realize it's not really about how much you're making. It's the imp impact that you're making on people. And that's, that's what I want to be doing. And yeah, so very thankful of her for just always believing in me and pushing me and, and yeah, giving me some opportunities to do some cool things. Mm -hmm. How has you and your wife's relationship progressed across the entire journey? Like how have you guys grown together? I, my wife is by far like the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Um, we, uh, I didn't, I did not think I'd ever get married. I just thought I was that guy. It's kind of, we were talking before here. I was like, if I wasn't married, I'd probably be a nomad <laughs> and, and you know, stuff like that. I want to travel. I, I, what I want to do is just travel around, travel along or travel around and kind of do whatever I want to on my timetable and, and, <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but honestly, right when I met my, like first time I met my wife, like I knew she was who I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And that's sounds like that fairy tale thing, but it was the truth. Um, just because of the person that she is, um, so we met, uh, I was living in Columbus, Ohio, and she was living in, Indi in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, <clears throat> when we met, we actually met through Christian Mingle, um, <laughs> oh. which is kind of a crazy, that's a, that's a crazy story in general. So I'll, I'll go ahead and tell this, but at the time, um, so when I was a teacher, I always had like side jobs. I always had, you know, I was a bartender operated a kitchen, just doing random stuff. But at this time I was doing, I was a zip line guide down in Southeast Ohio, um, in Hocking Hills, which was one of the coolest jobs I've ever had. <laughs> Um, so I was, but I was a zipline guide for like three summers down there. And one time, basically what my job was, was to take a group of about eight people out on tour and zip them through the trees and, and, you know, stuff like that and give them some, some nature facts and history facts and some bad dad jokes and, and things. <laughs> and, um, I had eight people on me with tour on tour with me one time, there's <clears throat> four different couples. None of them knew each other. Um, but two of the couples had met each other on Christian Mingle. Um, that's like, it was so random. I'd never thought about that or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, or heard of it or really anything. Um, maybe saw some commercials, but I went home and told like one of my friends about like about the two of the couples on my tour met on Christian Mingle. And so she got like out her laptop right there and like signed me up for it and things. So, um, but then I think I was kind of at the end of my membership and my wife had just started on her membership and, and things, but yeah, so we met on Christian Mingle and really from there, I mean, you know, talk back and forth a little bit, but right when I met her, she was yeah just one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. And yeah, I knew I wanted to be with her right away. Um, we met and got married within 10 months. Wow. Um, so pretty quickly and, uh, kind of at that time too, we kind of had that discussion of, we kind of decided not to have kids because we met and married so quickly that we were like, Hey, let's just really enjoy life and, and spend time together. If we want to down the road and like maybe adopt or, you know, foster or something like that. But I just, I don't think it's in the cards for us. I think we just really enjoy each other and um, help each other out and pushing each other. Um, so we have a great relationship when I was with simple wholesaling, she actually started off as my assistant, just helping me out. Cause she was on a hiatus from um, her HR job and she ended up, really just working her way up through the company pretty quickly um, and became my, became my director of operations um, within Simple, which was really cool. You know, kind of coming back to that story of me and Brett, like we were able to trust each other. And I thought that's what really worked for us in our business. Same thing too. When I have my wife as my operations person, I really trusted her to um, do what was best for the company and for us and things. So, um, so our relationship is great. Um, and yeah, just really appreciative of her and, 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 the, and the woman that she is and, you know, and, and the wife that she is as well. Um, she's definitely the best thing that ever happened to me. And yeah, yeah so she's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I relate to a lot of things that you're saying because I, like me and Kenny, we built this company off of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we took the, we took that same principle and, you know, I brought my wife on board like a year later. I was like, Hey, everything's not going so well. <laughs> We're not good at counting dollars. Can you please? Please fix our books. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and she dropped everything and helped us with it. And we're in so much better place because of it. And I went to CG this past week and uh, my partner Kenny was talking to another guy about how, yeah, me and Jesse, like we had this, uh, not necessarily a falling out, but we had this really tough struggle towards the end of last year, losing money left and right, just burning dollars, burning time. Like it was just not a pleasant experience. And the other guy was just like, Oh, how are you guys stood together? Because if that was me and my partner, we would have broken up like five months ago. And I was like, because yeah. it goes so much more deep than that, bro. It's me and Jesse, we were homies till the, till the day we die. <laughs> That's my guy, you yeah. know? And I think business built on friendship is something that's so special, so amazing. It's like going to war together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it all depends on, it depends on who the people are. I mean, you mm -hmm. guys are very genuine. You guys are great people and that's what you, you can build that business off of that friendship and things. I, I have seen the opposite side of that though too, where somebody like hires their 
you know, they hire their best friend and stuff. And there's like, then they're just, it's this, they're the same people trying to like do the same job within the business. Like, no, you guys, um, you're, you know, sometimes that splits up and things, but I think it comes down to the type of person you are and the type of business that you want to have, um, and your core values within that business of who you put yourself around. Um, you know, obviously that that's important for relationships are really important for you guys. That's why you can hire or work with your good friends or your wife and, and things like that mm-hmm. as well. So, um, it's really cool to see the organization that you guys have been, that you guys have built. Um, based off of those relationships. Mm-hmm. So how has leaving Simple Wholesaling affected your relationship with Brett? Um, we're still good. Um, we actually just had we had a phone conversation the other day and just, uh, you know, kind of about how things are going and, and, and stuff like that. And it was kind of, we knew about for about four months that I was going to leave Simple and, and, and move over um, to CG. So we, got, we were able to work through that and transition. Um, like that. And we had a couple, you know, bumps in the road on like, hey, I kind of think that kind of the awkwardness of like, Hey, I think you guys should do this. And he's like, ah, well, let's do it this way. And he, he jumped back in and he's, and he's leading the business now. And, um, it was kind of an awkward time too, as you guys know, in the real estate world last, last year, like the fall and winter were pretty rough for a lot of businesses and things. So, um, but they've been able to, the transition has been really good and they're, you know, back on the right path. And, Brett's doing a great, a great job leading and, um, Randy and Ronnie kind of his right hand man, man, uh, men, they're doing an amazing job as well. And it's, it's a good business, but it comes back to Jesse where you're like, they built off those relationships and things like that. So, um, because we have a good relationship, we were able to make that transition and it wasn't ugly. It wasn't bad. We're still great friends. And yeah, so, um, I want, I want nothing but the best for him and hopefully he can be a lot better leader than I was in, in mm-hmm. that role and stuff. And I know he definitely has that potential and things, but yeah, I'm excited for him and what they're going to be able to do. Yeah. yeah. So how would you say like the dynamic was uh, between you and Brett running through the wholesale business? Because I know we have to develop as leaders and it's like I wanted to know more about what did that dynamic look like because constantly inside our business, we're challenging one another to be better versions of ourselves and trying to be better leaders and trying to lead by example, but also being positive and encouraging along the way. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a tough thing. Um, but I think it comes down to, um, I realized pretty quickly, actually it took me a while to realize I shouldn't say quickly. Once I got into that leadership role and started seeing other leaders in CG, I realized that leadership is not something that you're just, I always thought I was kind of just a born leader. You always hear that. Oh, he's, just, he's a born leader and stuff. And that makes sense. I've always been in sports teams. I was always the captain. I was the mm. president of my, of my class. And, um, high school. I was president of my fraternity in college. Like I've always been in those leadership positions um, and kind of thought like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a leader. When you get into an organization like, like the collective genius and you're put around other leaders, you realize real quickly of like the time and the effort they put into leadership. Mm. Um, I realized at that point, I was just like, man, leadership, I'm not just a leader. I have to be able to study and watch other people and, and really learn about leadership and, and really dig into it. And, um, you know, Brett was kind of the same way as well. Um, we would pass each other leadership books and he'd always, you know, say like, Oh man, I just read this one. This is great. When you should read this. And I do the same and stuff like that, but we worked on leadership together and we're both, we're very different types of leaders. Um, and I think it comes down to what type, when you're around people, it's understanding like what people's personalities are and what type of leader they are, what type of worker they are. So then you know how to work with each other. Um, Brett's a little bit more of a passive leader. I'm a little bit more of a driver. Um, so just understanding of like, Hey, with him doing that, he's going to, he's going to be okay if I, you know, and he's going to let me drive and he's going to let me push on this. But if he ever like questions something, like take a little bit more, that takes a lot of effort for him to like, kind of say like, ah, are you sure you should be doing that? Or does that work? versus I'm going to question everything kind of, you know, just kind of keep pushing and do that. But when he would do that with me, that's when I'd like, okay, I really need to listen to him and like kind of slow down a little bit because that's the type of leader that he was. And, you know, so when Mm -hmm. he did speak up, I really had to pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of times you mentioned Christianity and Christian Mangle and things like that. I'm just (laughs) curious how your faith has transformed over your life and how being involved in all these businesses, you prioritize that. Yeah. Um, my, I mean, my relationship with Christ has been up and down my entire life. Um, I went to, grew up, um, in a Catholic, Catholic family, uh, went to Catholic school for 12 years. Um, and actually during teaching here, when I was a teacher too, I also taught in Catholic schools and things, always kind of been around it. And I mentioned that, um, that organization before that, you know, my wife and Brett had how they met each other, um, through the great banquet. I went through that experience right there and realized that I did not have a relationship with Christ. I mean, mm-hmm. I went to church mm-hmm. and would do this stuff, but yeah. I never really had that relationship, um, with Christ. So I think it was, I was maybe 33 years old 
33 or 34 years old when I like prayed for the first time wow. other than just like saying like the recited prayers that I, that mm-hmm. I was, that was given to me like, um, in the Catholic faith, like I, yeah, I was about, I think I was 33. Um, and just, that's when I prayed for the first time and it kind of just opened up my eyes to a lot of stuff. And my, my faith is still up and down a little bit, but like the kind of the valleys aren't as deep as mm-hmm. what they were in the past and, mm-hmm. and, and things. So, um, it's really easy. I think when you're in business and you're always, you know, running to get better or running to do deals and things like that to kind of forget about, um, to forget about, you know, some of that faith stuff sometimes as well. But, um, one of the cool things about, and this comes back to why I think Brett and I's relationship was so good and, and why the business went so well is that we considered it a Christian organization, a Christian company. So we would pray together and, and we would, one of the coolest things that we did every, every week we'd have, if, you know, whenever I ended a phone call or our acquisition guys ended a phone call or talked to anybody, we'd always ask like, Hey, is there anything I could pray about for you? Mm. Um, and if somebody had some, a prayer request or anything like that, we just kept track of that on a weekly basis. Then we would pray for those people, um, every Friday as a team, um, and things like that. So that was a really cool experience. And then, um, kind of moving into CG, you know, Jason's a, he's a, you know, a great Christian man as well and stuff. So being able to put myself around leaders that, um, lead through faith has really helped me out and, uh, it's been a pretty impactful in my life. Wow. That is excellent. Honestly, because we're also a bunch of Christians inside this organization. I think, uh, the majority of us are Christian, not that we identify. Maybe we do. Identify. I don't know. Cause our mission statement is to serve God and serve others using our gifts and talents to real estate investments. So maybe we are like, yeah, there you <laughs> go. Christian businesses. <laughs> But I like how you just have that realization. Oh, we are a Christian organization. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, but we're not willing to turn anyone away because they're not Christian. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's more so. so that, hey, these are these are our core values that stem from the Bible. This is our mission that stems from the Bible, and we're here to help as many people as we possibly can. And I think taking that perspective, we're able to get the best out of people as well as come into the sellers' houses genuinely yeah. empathetic with their situation and not here to, um, you know take grandma's house and right. go flip it for a quick profit. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, like you said it too, it's like you, you never want to turn anyway because they're not a Christian. No, if you're mm-hmm. a true Christian, you're going to embrace everybody mm-hmm. and, and bring them into your fold and treat them exactly how you want to be treated. So, yeah. Yeah. So what did the intersection between like business and faith look like in your guys' organization? Because one of the challenges that I see within our business is like, Dude, what the heck are we working towards? Because wholesale company, we're printing dollars. We're putting a lot of houses on the board. We count of profits. I guess that's sales and marketing yeah. in general. So it's like that's something that we struggle with. And I was wondering, like, how did you find purpose in your guys' organization back then when it's like you were an employee, not the owner? And it seems like a lot of these organizations, sometimes it just looks like we're just – putting money into the owner's pockets. Honestly, it was never, it's never really been about the money for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's obviously I enjoy making money. I enjoy spending money and, and, and <laughs> things like that. But when it's, I think anytime in life I've realized if, if whenever I've made a decision based off of money, solely money, like it's been the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've based it off of the impact I can make and what it can mean for us down the road, it's always been a lot more beneficial. Um, and so I think that's one of the things is like looking at like in, in business, um, I think it's really easy, <clears throat> you know, kind of take a look at it when you're talking to a seller, even selling a property or anything it is, is when, it, when it doesn't, the conversation, you're going to talk about money a little bit when it's not, but when the decision or what you're going to do is not necessarily about the money and about what giving people what they really need and what they want. That's, I mean, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to make decisions in business when you're just trying to make, making the decisions about the right reasons, not just about the money that you're putting in your pocket or the owner's pocket or anything like that. So, yeah, Mm. that's the type of people, you know, coming into your question, if you're asking about like how I felt about like, Hey, we're running this business, we're doing a great job. And you're kind of putting money into the owner's, the owner's pocket. That's, that's, I mean, that was my job. That's what I was supposed to do. I was was okay with that. So I realized it too, is like, I wanted to, the more money I would put into his pocket, the more money that would, that would go into my pocket as well. Because, Mm -hmm. um, I think it comes back to that as a leader, you want to make sure that you reward everybody on your team for the work that they're doing and stuff. Um, same thing as with, with, with a seller, there's been times where we had, 
where we made just a you know, killer deal on, um, you know, a property and stuff and realized like, ah, maybe we, maybe we could have given the seller a little bit more and have actually gone back and, Hey, we actually made a little bit more on this deal than we were thinking about. Like, here's a little bit more money to help you out on your way or your move or whatever it may be. Wow. That's awesome. So one thing that I found really interesting as I'm around more people that like on paper are successful is kind of seeing at what cost they're successful at. Yeah. And I'm just curious. So you mentioned last year how you had your hands in all these different things. I'm sure you were working ridiculous hours. And I'm just curious now that it seems like, well, I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like maybe you're like a little less tied up with your time because you're focused on CG. How has your life changed? Yeah, it's definitely been a, it's, it's been a different, so I'm a, I'm a worker in general. Like I'm going to, I'm always going to work. I'm always going to have my laptop out or my phone out or everybody working on something, um, things because my mind's always going. So I have slowed down, not traveling nearly as much or anything, um, which is good. Cause now I can spend a, you know, I am spending a little bit more time with my wife and, and, and things like that, which has been really good. So, uh, it's been a good transition. I've, I've been able to slow down, but I just have other stuff that I'm working on and other mm-hmm. projects to focus on. Um, and with, with CG, we've, it's, it's a great opportunity to, um, there's such great growth potential within what we do and how many people we can help and stuff. Um, like for example, this last, you know, this last event we had, we just started CG elevate, Mm -hmm. um, which is for people that are basically doing in between 10 and 30 deals, um, basically to put them in a situation where they're in a coaching room and we can coach them through basically the little things they can be doing to basically double and to double their deal flow. Um, so that's been like the big thing I've been working on for the last, you know, couple months and things. So there's always things that I can be working on. Mm -hmm. So even though I might not be, I'm on a plane a lot less, I'm still Mm -hmm. got plenty of stuff to work on and plenty of stuff to do. Um, cause I just always want to get better and, and things and comes back to as well as like when I do have that downtime, that's when when you know if I'm not working on necessarily CG stuff, that's when I have time to develop as a leader a little bit more and mm-hmm. read some of those leadership books and, and things like that. So I always just want to push myself to get better and um, as a business person, as a friend, as a husband, and all those things. Yeah. So what are some of your at, uh, current aspirations and goals like at this stage of your life? Yeah, um, I've that's I'm I've never been able to answer that question, Jesse. Like I just I don't okay. like I'm not I'm that person of you talk to you know you talk to Steve Trang and he's like oh he wants to you know create a hundred you know or a thousand millionaires or I forget what his mm-hmm. actual purpose is and Gary Harper wants to give you know two point six million dollars to the Lord's work and things. I've never really been able to. Um, I've never known in my head of like what those goals really are of what I want to kind of get to or what I want to aspire to be. Um, I've come to the realization over the last year of like what my purpose really is, is just to put myself in a situation where I can help as many people as Mm -hmm. I can. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of those things that if I get down the road and, and, and pass away or, you know, whatever that is, one of the things I always look at is like, what do I want people to say about me is that I made an impact on them. And like, I'm, I, I want to be like known as like one of the nicest people they've ever met. Like that's just, that's <laughs> what I want to be. Um, which is, I mean, it sounds a little fluffy and things, but it's, it's, it's true. Um, I've, I have the privilege of saying like my dad is the nicest person I've ever met in my life. Mm. And like, I love being able to say that about him. Um, so if I can be like a little bit like him in that aspect and just be that a nice person that wants to help everybody. Like that's what I want to be doing. Yeah. I feel that because I think last year we had said something like, Oh, we want to be like a $2 million revenue company. I think a lot of people want to be a $2 million revenue company, but what does that mean? Cause I sent all these wrong KPI. We were, we were breaking it down. It's just like the KPIs don't add to the goal, Jesse. And so it, I was like, Actually, I don't really care about the $2 million revenue goal. That's not that important to me. It's more so about the process, the journey, the growth, refining all the systems, making people better, yeah. all these things along the line. Even me becoming a better leader, it's, that's what really matters. Yeah. And when you can die, when you can dial in those things, like the systems, the processes, and the, the leadership, and just the growth of the team the, the bank account's going to take care of itself. Like the, yeah. de- the deals are going to come in. So, um, comes back to that whole thing. When you, when you're focused on like what that number is at the very end and just driving towards that, you're probably going to lose sight of, mm. you know, what's going on. But when you actually put the time into building the processes to do things the right way and it's re it's, it's replicable and it's scalable, that's when that dollar sign or that bank account is going to take care of itself in the end. I think it's one of the biggest misconceptions that people get into business. I mean, maybe not necessarily it's a misconception to get into business just to make money and to change your life. But 
the person whom is playing business just to make money, they're going to burn out. It's kind of like uh, I used to be a runner and in high school, I trained really hard and I wanted to break like the 10 minute barrier. I wanted to break five. I ran 440 and I ran 10 minutes for a two mile. And that was really incredible, but I had to run so much on my own. They say like, hey, if you want to run fast, run on your own. If you want to run far, go together as a team. Yeah. I just remember burning out the fall of my, you know, my first semester of college because I had done so excellent in, in high school, but I just hit my goals. I don't have anything left to accomplish. It's like, I didn't really love the journey or the process. I just wanted to grind, get to that goal. And then there, there was nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the same happens in business where people set this dollar goal. It's like, Hey, I want to become a millionaire through this business venture. I want to make so much money. It's going to change my life. And it's like, yeah, it will change your life in one way, but will it change it in, will it change your life in the ways that you need it to change? Yeah. And I, that's what I realized is like when people are setting those goals, it's okay to have a dollar mm-hmm. goal. I mean, obviously if you, you don't, don't get into business, but you don't want to make money, like mm-hmm. you're, you're probably not going to be <laughs> successful. There has to be yeah. some of that to it. Um, that's the, you know, it's a big part of business and things, but when it becomes, when you set those goals of like, I think what a lot of people, you know, come back to what you're saying, Jesse, what a lot of people lose focus of is what they can do with that money when they get it and what, mm. the, what impact that can make on their lives their family's lives or other people around them and stuff. But when they focus on mm. not necessarily the money that's coming in, but they can focus on what they can do with that money. It's so much easier to just keep driving and keep pushing and, mm. and whatever that is. So, yeah. Mm. Do you have any uh, processes or like systems for improving your relationships with your friends and your wife and your family? Um, I would just say I do not have like we're talking about that. Like I, you think I'd maybe have like a process <laughs> map or something like that. No? I am on a lot of stuff, but um, no. I mean, I, th- I honestly, I think it just comes down to is is putting time in. Like if you want, if you want something, if you want to have a great relationship with your wife, you have to spend, you have to spend time on it and improve it and and set goals and, and work together and and things like that. So. Um, you know, one of the best questions that I've ever been asked, and Brett was actually the one that asked me this question one time was basically like, what if you, how, how great would your business be if you ran it like your marriage? Mm. And then how great would your marriage be if you ran it like your business? Mm. Think about that. If you actually like sat down and, and put the time into your marriage, like you do your business, like I'm sure we'd all be super successful. <laughs> Maybe my wife would get a little bit more annoyed than me if I was around like that much or, or anything or kind of focusing on that. But I mean, the reality is if you, if you spend time on it and put effort into it, like you're going to get, you're going to benefit from it. Yeah. Um, so whether it's a marriage or a friendship or anything, you gotta, if you want something, you got to put time into it. Um, and it's, I think it's, it's kind of tougher too, as, we, as you grow older, it's kind of tough to have some of those deeper relationships with friends and things. So it's really cool to see you, like you talked about, like, you know, you and Kenny and like, I oh mean, that's, we're, we're, we're friends through this and we're going to work together through this and stuff. Cause some of it's tough to find some of those relationships, especially as we are, um, getting older and we, and you know, we're growing up and things, but, um, it's one I have, a I feel like I have a lot of really good acquaintances, but like those ones where you have those, um, those few people that you have, you know, there should be, everybody should have a few people that they can really dig into and really focus on those relationships and, um, that are true, true friendships and true relationships versus just kind of that acquaintance and saying hi to, hi to you every now and then. So yeah, yeah you gotta put time into it. So I wanted to know from you, like what makes somebody a true friend? Like what makes them a good friend? Um, for me, it comes down to trust. I mean, somebody that I can trust, like if I can sit down and, you know, have a conversation with somebody and I, I trust that, you know, I can share information with them and they're going to, you know, digest it and take, you know, take it for what it is and, and really kind of contemplate on it versus like, ah, man, yeah, that, that sucks. Sorry to hear that. Or, you know, kind of that superficial mm-hmm. stuff. Um, for me, it just comes down to that, that trust of being able to trust somebody and, and I trust them. They trust me. I think is the biggest thing for me in front when it comes to friendship. Mm-hmm. What are some things you've learned being a CEO and then being a CEO? Um, yeah, I think with that, I, I can do, I think I can do both roles. I'm more, I think I'm better in the CEO, um, role, um, than necessarily the COO role, but, um, I, am a lot of people necessarily, maybe they can't do both of those things. I do mm-hmm. feel like I'm a little bit of a rare breed of that, that can be in both of those seats and kind of do that. Um, on paper, like my personality does not fit the COO role at all. Mm. I get a lot of people that maybe reach out to me and say like, Hey, I'm hiring a COO. Can I see your PI profile or <laughs> index? And like, you don't want to hire me as a, as a COO. I'm not, 
I don't have like that profile for that, but because I have those transferable skills, like being a teacher, like I have the organization down, I can do certain things like that, which that really comes from. I can, I can manage stuff on a pretty high level, um, because I had to be, you have to be so organized as teachers, um, and things, which I always, I always tell people, and I am hundred percent biased in this, but if people are looking for good employees, I think teachers make amazing, <laughs> amazing managers. Um, mm. they're, they're great at being able to take something and problem solve through it and, and, and build out, build out stuff to be, uh, basically to make it more efficient. Um, they're good at managing people. They're good at, you know, managing projects and things like that. So I think teachers, um, and there's a lot of teachers out there right now that do not like their jobs. <laughs> so, um, there's just been so many different things that they have to go through. Like COVID, I couldn't imagine being a teacher, like when COVID happened and being able to do, um, have to teach online and through zoom and stuff. I think that would have been crazy. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of teachers out there that, that don't really like their jobs right now. They're not getting paid very much money. So if you can like find a high level teacher, like that teacher that can, that they like to write their own curriculum and they weren't that like, they're not going through the book, like page one, page two, but they're, um, pretty unique in how they teach and they're really having that impact on, on their students. I think they make amazing people to bring into your, um, organization, whether it's real estate or just business in, in, in general. I think they make it like awesome, maybe not, not to say they're, uh, great employees mm. because they, they are, they do have some, they need some autonomy to be able to do stuff on their own and things. But if they have, if you use them as a manager, yeah. I think they do really, really incredible things. That's so funny. Hire D1 athletes that didn't make it professionally yeah. as, your, as your salespeople and then hire your teachers as managers. There you go. I love hearing what people's previous occupations were because it's so interesting because you find so many different yeah. like jobs uh, or such as bartenders, servers, a, a good amount of teachers. What have you seen in terms yeah, of Yeah, I've the always range? said that too. Like when I'm looking for salespeople, like what I want from a, a good salesperson is like a bartender that's a hard worker. They, they can talk. They're just so used to like just talking to anybody about everything, like listening to problems and giving feedback yeah. and not necessarily like giving them their opinion on things. They're just having a conversation because um, that's how you get tips as a bartender yeah. and things. So um, I always think they make, yeah, great salespeople. Could we go into Servers a, as well. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was like, could we go into a segment where it's like we talk about the different professions and how they translate to the different roles in yeah, our business? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, there's a real thing with that. I mean, there's, there's a reason that certain personalities work for certain things and, and stuff. And I, I am a firm believer of like, nobody should necessarily be put in a box, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, where people, I, I do feel like people when they are hiring, they get too tied up into what maybe somebody's predictive index mm-hmm. is or what their disc profile looks like or something like that. Because I do think people, it's, it's, it's more than that. It's just like a piece of what you should use for hiring, but there's similar, there may, you know, so some things I'm an example, like I was saying, I have transferable skills from being a teacher that makes me a pretty good operator within a business. Uh, but if you look at my PI profile, like you want to hire me for that. Mm. Um, so when people really look at, you know, they need to go past that and use that as a tool to help them out, but then really look at the person too. And when you have the processes and the systems and the training in place, you can train somebody up and give them the tools to be able to be successful mm-hmm. and things. But yeah, I think there's a real thing that you can look at of like, Hey, what's okay. If they come from this job, these are the transferable skills that they have. So yeah. they would be good. in, in mm-hmm. this thing, like coming back to like, Hey, a bartender makes a great salesperson because they have conversations with anybody and everybody and, and, and stuff like that. They have to make people happy when they're, when they're serving them in a bar. Mm-hmm. What makes a good finance person in our organization? <laughs> A good finance person. That's, I mean, that's somebody that's going to be that super, super detail oriented person. Um, I don't know what job they would necessarily, if I'm looking for a finance person, I want, that's, that's where it's like, okay, I do want them like to have like that accounting background. There's something like that. So, <laughs> He's going to not rip um, them from the street. <laughs> yeah. But if you find somebody that is that, you know, that really organized person, that detail oriented person, they probably can be trained up on obviously, Hey, keeping, keeping track of the books and keeping track of the receipts and where the finances are going and, and managing a P and L and stuff, because that's what they love to do. They love the numbers and the detail and, and things like that so mm. or do you have any like really significant challenges that you had to overcome that exponentially helped you grow um you know no i i wouldn't say like there hasn't i've never really gone through that like big you know life change or anything like that that really i did you know have a lot of there where i like dealt with a lot of adversity or anything like that um the only, the thing that I've dealt with my entire life. So I, I do suffer from depression, um, pretty severe, severe depression. Um, it's a struggle for me each and every day. Um, but I get, I know I get energy from being around other people and helping other people. Mm. So that's why this is such a great role because when I am 
when I can be around other people and make an impact on people, like that's, that's how I get fulfilled. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, what gets me out of my funk with depression or anytime I'm going through that. So I just need to be around people and, and, and work with them and help them out and stuff. And that's, that's how I really like kind of fill my cup. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I called you like two weeks ago and you volunteered to, you know, uh, spring some knowledge on me about these, this note investing stuff. And I was like, so grateful for it, but you're the COO. And it's like, from my perspective, being just a member, I'm like, how does Brian have enough time to, to do these like miscellaneous calls? And it's like, I guess you fit them into your schedule, but a lot of people make assumptions of what, how other people's schedules are or how busy they are, or to the point that they don't want to ask. So I just wanted to ask you like, um, how do you find balance in all that you do in order to fit in these like miscellaneous conversations or how do you find balance to like not do as many of those? Yeah. I think it's one of those things that I had to, you know, kind of, you know, some of those times where I have to like stop, you know, maybe not have as many coffee meetings or breakfast meetings, lunch meetings, like things like that, because that does take up a little bit more time, but you do have to fit some of those things in. Number one, I was just telling you, that's how I get, I have, I get fulfilled by talking to other people and, and helping other people out. So it's important for me to have those conversations and sprinkle those in, um, throughout my day, no matter what I'm doing. But like example like that, Jesse, like I'm number one from any, for anybody out there, if you're afraid, if you're ever like, Oh, Brian's a COO or I can't reach out to him or whoever, oh, I can't reach out to my boss for this or somebody for that. Like never hurts to ask. So always, always reach out if you ever have a question or need anything. Um, but the reality is, is the last thing as a member of CG, like I, the last thing I want you to do is make a bad investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I can do anything to, helping the members out of talk through something, make sure it's the right decision for them. Like same thing, you know, have that's kind of maybe a little bit blunt about it with you. I was like, dude, I don't think this is the right thing for you right now. Like mm-hmm. focus on what you're doing and, you know, really define that, get define those processes and be really good at this. And, you know, maybe a year from now, that might be a great thing for you to mm-hmm. add another tool to your tool belt um, and stuff like that. But that's, the, I, I, I want to have those conversations with members number one, cause I want to know what they're going through and what they're dealing with. But if I can talk them through something and be able to make an impact or help them get clarity on a decision, I'm going to do that all day long. And I'm going to make time for that all day long because that's what makes CG such an amazing community is the community itself. And when people are going through things, um, you know, you want, they want to be able to rely on each other. And I'm just, I'm one of those people. I mean, I, I was a member, I've been in that seat before. I same thing with that. I, with, um, with the note program you're talking about, like, I've been in a situation too where Brett went to a class one time and he called me up and he's like, Hey, I think we're going to buy this course and we're going to do this. And I was just like, dude, like don't buy it yet. Let's, (laughs) let's have it. Let's, let's sit down next week. We'll have a conversation about it. We'll see if it makes sense and stuff like that. Then he called me the next day and he was like, yeah, I just bought this course (laughs) and stuff. So, um, it comes back to that communication piece of like being able to slow down and, and, and take a break and really make sure it makes sense. So I've been on that I've been on that side. So that's why I'll have that conversation <laughs> all day long. That. Yeah, this is exactly how this dude functions. Yeah. Well, Brett and I sound like we'd be best friends, <laughs> or, or we wouldn't get along at all. <laughs> we'd be best friends. <laughs> so that's why you need somebody in your, you know, somebody to just not necessarily tell you no. Mm-hmm. I think I think a good coming back to that CEO and COO relationship. That COO is somebody that should never really be the, they should never be able to tell the CE, the CEO no, but they should at any time be able to ask the questions like why and when and how just to have that CEO think through those things and make sure they have clarity mm. before any decisions come down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know where your heart for serving and helping other people came from? Um, I think it just comes back to my parents. Both of my parents are just, um, you know, they, 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 they're givers. Um, you know, we grew up, you know, we didn't have much money. We were, you know, grew up fairly poor and, um, but my parents were always hard workers and no matter what we were going through or how, how much money we had or how little money we had, they always wanted to help people. They were always serving through our church. Um, or my, my, my dad was like the guy in the, in, in the neighborhood that like if somebody needed anything, like he, he, they, they knew to go to him and he would help them out. And, you know, I remember they were like, from a very young age, um, you know, so there was in our church, there were like some older ladies, you know, that didn't live too far from us and stuff, but they, you know, we talked to them after, after mass every Sunday and kind of got to know them a little bit. But like when it snowed, my dad would always just go, you know, shovel their walks and stuff. And then, you know, me and my brothers and sister would start, we'd go with them and do that thing too. So I think just at a young age, we just kind of were put together like, Hey, if you can help anybody, it's going to 
it's going to come back and, and it's going to end up um, being a, be- a benefit to you. But it's, I think it was really easy of seeing him do things of that. And my mom is the same way. She's always wanted to help and stuff. But when they were able to do things that like the joy it brought to the people they were helping was, mm. was awesome and things. And it's a little selfish when you're doing that. Like for me, like I get fulfilled through that. So it makes me <laughs> happy. So I think it's a little selfish, but I think it's okay because you make other people happy as well. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's okay. That's so funny. My dad w- was the same exact way and I respect him for honestly being probably one of the most selfless people I've ever met. Yeah. But growing up, I hated how like he'd wake us up and we'd have to help people move all day. Yeah. And then like they'd be like, Oh, Josh, here's twenty dollars if my dad'd be like, No, you're not you're not allowed to take that. Yeah. But Yeah, I was the guy like all the time. Like, I think it's it comes back to that hard work thing too. I remember like being, you know, all the time I'd you know, Friday night, maybe have a sleepover at a buddy's house, something like that, but my my dad or mom would be right there, like pick me up at like seven thirty the next morning <laughs> to go bale hay or get this or you know, always, we were always doing something. Um, but I so I am very appreciative of them. Mm. The same thing, like you were saying, Josh, like, man, it sucked at the time, but now <laughs> I really appreciate those that hard work, the that yeah. the value of hard work that they instilled in me and and being able to help people and, and do things like that. So wrapping up, I'm curious, what is some advice that you would give to teachers that are like starting to be in that position where it's like, what do I do next? What do I do next? Yeah. I think one, I'd, yeah, I'd say whether it's teachers or anybody, if anybody's trying to figure out what they want to do or what that next thing's going to be is I would try to just talk to as many people as possible about what they do. Hmm. Um, I think growing up, you know, small, small town, farm boy, things like that. I honestly, I didn't know what all jobs were out there. I didn't know, you know, all the different things could be. So like coming back to when my mom said, I'll just be a teacher. Like that made sense for me because I knew what that was. Um, so I just say for anybody that's looking to figure out what they're going to do next is just talk to as many people about what they do, what their jobs are, other people that they maybe work with and things. So, and then if you're that creative thing too, just think about, oh, what's that next thing I can maybe build or figure out or help somebody with and things. So I was talking to a guy the other day and one of his good friends basically this comes back to the bailing hay part, actually. Um, realize that, like, so in Japan, like, they don't have, like, you, they don't grow hay over there. So, like, all their hay has to, for their animals and stuff, has to come from the U.S. and things. So, he figured out, he realized that there's a, a problem there and figured out, like, oh, if I can figure out how to basically package a bale of hay and mm-hmm. ship it to Japan, he can make a lot of money. And he has made a ton of money <laughs> doing that stuff. So, I think it's one of those things. But I, there's... There's like they cre- he created that own job. That's yeah. Awesome. So it's one of the things I never would have thought about anything like that. So I think it's just one if you're out there figuring out what you want to do next, it's talk to as many people as you can, figure out what they want to do, talk about what they do, how they do it, how much they enjoy it, mm. how you know how much the fulfillment they get out of it and stuff. But then also be creative about what are what are some situations out there, some problems out there that you can maybe solve and and maybe create something on your own. That's awesome. So if people want to reach out to you, get a hold of you, talk to you, get connected, where could they do that? Yeah, kind of the easiest thing I'd say just reach out to me through email um, at brian at thecollectivegenius.com. I'm more than happy to help you out with anything or give you some information about what you need um, or, just, or just connect. I uh, really appreciate that. So I'm not huge on social media. I'm not the biggest social media guy. Um, not yet. I am, I, am, <laughs> I, I am on Facebook. So Brian Snyder on Facebook can get me on there or on um, Instagram. I'm the Indy Snyder. Yeah, the Indy Snyder. Um, uh, you can uh, get me on there, but yeah, feel free to reach out and connect with me at any, any time. And really, I want to be able to help people. That's what I like doing. So yeah. if you need something, more than happy to help anybody out. For his own selfish needs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I can get, so I can get fulfilled and feel good about Make myself. Make him feel yes. good, everybody. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for coming on to our show. I really appreciate you giving us your time, bro. Um, just thank you so much for pouring into our lives. We really appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you guys. It's been fun. See you guys, this has been Nigenius signing off.